Well, Merry Christmas. Are you ready for a big, deep breath? Now, some of you are going, no, I still got a dinner. I still got stuff, last minute shopping. I still am going to be moving quick. But, you know, for just a few minutes to think about the greatest event that ever happened in human history. You know, tonight is all about rescue, about God's rescue. Tonight is about the reward that God promises to those who seek him. Have you heard that promise from the Bible? He said he'll reward all those that truly seek him and want to discover truth. So tonight, let's seek him together, just for a few minutes. Let's seek him together and let our hearts be filled with his truth. I wanted to read a passage from this book called In the Manger by Max Lucado. You may be familiar with him. And he reflects on that night when Christ was born. It all happened in a moment, a most remarkable moment. As moments go, that one appeared no different than any other. It came and it went. It was one of the countless moments that have marked time since eternity became measurable. But in reality, that particular moment was like none other. For through that segment of time, a spectacular thing occurred. God became a man. While the creatures of earth walked unaware, divinity arrived. Heaven opened herself and placed her most precious one in a human womb. The omnipotent in one instant made himself breakable. He who had been spirit became pierceable. He who was larger than the universe became an embryo. And he who sustains the, word, the world with a word chose to be dependent upon the nourishment of a young girl. God as a fetus, holiness sleeping in a womb, the creator of life being created. God was given eyebrows and elbows, two kidneys and a spleen. He stretched against the walls and floated in the amniotic fluid of his mother. God came near. He came not as a flash of light or as an unapproachable conqueror, but as one whose first cries were heard by a peasant girl and a sleepy carpenter. The hands that first held him were unmanicured, calloused, and dirty. No silk, no ivory, no hype, no party, no hoopla. Were it not for the shepherds, there would have been no reception. And were it not for a group of stargazers, there would have been no gifts. Angels watched as Mary changed God's diaper. Children played in the street with him. Perhaps a girl down the street had a crush on him or vice versa. One thing's for sure, he was, while completely divine, completely human. For 33 years, he would feel everything you and I have ever felt. He felt weak. He grew weary. He was afraid of failure. He was susceptible to wooing women. He got colds, burped, and had body odor. His feelings got hurt and his head ached. To think of Jesus in such a light seems almost irreverent, doesn't it? It's uncomfortable. It's much easier to keep the humanity out of the incarnation. There is something about keeping him divine that keeps him distant, packaged, predictable. But don't do it. For heaven's sake, don't. Let him be as human as he intended to be. Let him into the mire and muck of our world. For only if we let him in can he pull us out. 
And on that most special night, God sent an angel to come to common shepherds in Bethlehem. And we read this in Luke chapter 2. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Well, nobody likes bad news, right? But everybody likes good news. And this was really, really good news. It was good news for everyone, the rich, the poor, royalty, the commoner, a fisherman, the soldier, the tax collector, the shepherd, the Roman official. The good, joyful news, a Savior is born, Christ the Lord. So God does the most uncommon thing. The world had never seen it before. Among the most common people. The highest and the holiest entered through the lowliest door from outside the world to inside a womb. But this news of a Savior is only good. It's only important. It's only joyful if a person recognizes that they need a Savior, right? Otherwise, it's just pious platitudes or some religious cliche or some feel-good notion Unless a person feels that they're in need of rescuing, the need of deliverance from a perilous situation, the news has no perceived value. Remember six years ago in Chile when 33 gold miners were trapped underground for 69 days after a massive cave-in? Do you remember that story? These miners did not need to be convinced they needed a rescue, did they? It was painfully obvious to them and to their families. So quite a rescue operation ensued. The rescue workers drilled a column down some 2,300 feet and lowered a capsule rescuing all 31 miners one by one. Incredible fear turned into incredible joy. 33 lives were rescued over 22 and a half hours from the jaws of death. Well, the angels came and they announced to those shepherds and then to us today through God's word that a Savior was sent to rescue mankind from their sin. And Jesus means God saves. But what did he rescue us from? Because again, it's not very good news unless you feel like you've got to get saved, delivered, or rescued from something because that's why he came. Well, I want to just say a couple words just about the rescue. You know, why did God go to the trouble? Why did he crash into our reality, into our world so humbly from his holiness to such a humble place, even to come as a baby and be born in a stable, in a stinking stable? Why did he do it? What was the rescue all about? What did we get rescued from? He rescued us from a sin-burdened heart. There's a verse in Matthew and also in John that says this, She will bear a son, speaking of Mary, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Aren't you glad that Jesus was all about rescue, not condemnation? He wasn't sent to condemn. People were under the weight of their sin, and they, they understood and they felt that way. And it was, it was separating them from God and from one another. He was sent to give good news that there was a rescue that could happen from the weight 
and the burden of sin that your heart didn't have to live with that kind of heaviness. You know, we all experience the effects of sin, whether it's our sin that we struggle with, when we break God's commands, whether we're lying or whether we're lusting or they're coveting, whether we have pride or hatred in our heart or whatever it is, we all struggle. We're human. We break God's commands, and that's what he calls sin. But, you know, until you understand and kind of admit that that weighs your heart down and that tears in a marriage and that tears in friendships and that tears societies apart and even puts nations against nations because of the greed or because of the hatred, because of the pride, because we want more than just what God gives us. When we recognize that, then we can understand that this rescue can mean something to our heart because those choices end up darkening and hardening our hearts. Maybe you've experienced that. You know, the peace that you hear God provides just seems so far away. There always seems to be anxiety. And boy, we've been in such a tumultuous year, haven't we? As a nation and as a world. But in our nation, there doesn't seem to be much peace. Just a lot of divide, a lot of arguing, a lot of hatred. But Jesus said he wanted to enter into the darkness. The darkness then when he first came. And the darkness now that we encounter and we experience. Because we have our own sin that we struggle with. We're not walking as God would want, totally. And we're in a world with people that struggle with sin. And that's what happens is darkness causes divide and heaviness in the human heart. But there's great hope because that's why Jesus came to rescue us from that kind of burdened heart. In fact, there are a couple verses that say, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And also, I am the light of the world. Whoever walks, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So God's original and eternal plan is for you to experience a healed heart, not a heavy heart. To have his love and his grace for the brokenness and the darkness that you experience. We don't have to look back very far to get in touch with a regret or a broken dream or a failure or the weight of our own choices and what our own sin can do, let alone what the sin of others can do to us. Rejection or abandonment or whatever would cause pain. But God's plan was to take the pain away and to bring in his healing, to take broken dreams or hurts or failures or regrets and our sin, and transform it into something beautiful. Aren't you glad about that? Because he realizes the reality of what we face. He knows what it's like because he came and he walked in flesh. He knows what those temptations are like. He knows what came at him. He understands a weary and tired body. And he understands how to bring healing to our brokenness. He said that he wants to turn our mourning into dancing. He said he wants to take our ashes and make something beautiful. He can make us strong. So when Jesus came on a rescue plan, it was to lift our sin-burdened hearts so that they could be filled with his love and his forgiveness and his grace. And there would be lightness and celebration and, and actual joy. It's hard to maintain joy these days, right? There's so much coming at us and so much bad news. But the good news of the rescue was so that our hearts wouldn't have to carry the burden of sin. Also, that we could have this healed relationship with God that we wouldn't have to feel distant from God as a result. There's a verse in John chapter 1 that says, The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. 
He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. All people, you know, the people you're sitting with, you yourself, created in God's image. He has his thumbprint, his fingerprints all over you. You are a miracle. You're created in your mother's womb. A miracle. There's no one like you, exactly like you, ever before or after you. You are unique. And God said he created you in his very image to know him, to enjoy him, to walk with him, to have a relationship, like a legitimate relationship like you have with a spouse or a best friend. But with the the God who created it all, who sustains it all, to have a relationship with him, it seems too far-fetched. It seems too good to be true. Could that really happen? Not with someone like me. Of course, someone who makes better choices or more holy or some professional clergy person, but not just me. Well, God came to take a broken relationship and distance that we feel with him and heal that, and that's for everyone. Remember, the good news was for everyone. That's why it was such great, great news. One of the best stories in Scripture that talks about how God feels about us when we were in our darkness and we're not in that relationship with him. You may have heard that story of the prodigal son where this one son asked his father prematurely for all of his inheritance because he wanted to leave and go out on his own, which he did. The father graciously gave him that. He went out and he blew it in crazy, raucous, sinful living. And he was at such a point of desperation that this thought occurred to him. It was like, what am I doing I'm away from the love, the family, the provision. I've blown it all. I have nothing. And he was eating and serving and feeding pigs. And then we see the rest of the story, and I pick it up in Luke 15. He, he kind of came to his senses. He woke up, and he arose, and he came, went back to his father's house. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put on a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. What do you see about the heart of the father there? incredibly merciful and compassionate. You can't even really picture it that the father wouldn't want to put him in his place and argue with him and say, how dare you? And by the time you came back, but it was love and it was a robe and it was a party and it was, he's found, he's back. That's how God feels about us. That no matter how long it's been, no matter how far we've wandered and how dark of a place we've gotten, that he came as a light to bring us back. He came as a father to seek us and to rescue us through his son. And he can't wait to have that relationship with you that he created you to have. All because of his grace. Are you that prodigal tonight? You may have heard this story. You may have gone to Christmas Eve service for years and years. But you really feel like it's not really for you because you don't feel worthy. Just like that son felt before the father. But the father said, I'm just glad you're home. There was forgiveness and grace and relationship and a ring on his finger and a robe on his back and sandals on his feet. He was reinstated. He was restored. 
if you feel like you've been wandering away and you've never really known God or you did and you just got caught up in whatever, the Lord's telling you today, he wants you to just turn back, come home. There's a welcome. There are open arms waiting for you. And he wants to pour his love out on you because he came to rescue you from feeling distant and broken, but to come into relationship and be restored. What a powerful story that is. All you do is reach out from your heart and say, Lord, that's me. And I guess this Christmas Eve was all about me understanding that you love me. You didn't come to condemn. You didn't come to point out all my faults and get on top of me as an angry father. You came to welcome me back and say, the weight of that sin is burdening your life and I want you to be free, forgiven, grace, and have my grace and have my strength. You know, and lastly, he said he came to rescue us from all our fears. Boy, there's so many fears that people deal with these days and they're just growing. They multiply constantly. And there's no guaranteed hope out there except in what God promises us that he gives. 1 John chapter 4 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. And then he delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope, that he will deliver us again. What powerful truths those are. That we have hope because God says, I've delivered you. I sent my son to rescue, deliver, save, bring you back, heal the relationship, and I'll always keep delivering you, keep being your strength, always be present with you. Because when we come to God as a broken individual wanting to be back in his family, he says he welcomes us to come and become a child of his. And he, he puts his Holy Spirit in us. That's how close God is, is his spirit lives in us. And he says, I want you to, Get past all the fears. My steadfast love can drive that fear out. You don't have to live in fear of failure, fear of rejection or abandonment. Maybe that was part of your past and maybe that was a reality, but that doesn't have to be your future. God says his perfect love will cast all that away and the sting or the wound of that. You don't have to live in the fear of the future, the fear of being hurt again. The fear of loneliness. Will I ever really be loved and accepted? Maybe I can get love sometimes the wrong ways, but I, will I ever really be known and loved for who I am? And God says he loves us right now just the way we are. Even if we feel distant from him, his love has never stopped for us. It's so strong. It's so perfect. And it drives away those fears. The fear of death or getting old or running out of money. You ever really feel any of those? The fears of not knowing what's going to happen next in our country, in our world. His perfect love, when we receive it, drives out those fears. We don't control it. God does. But we realize we can be at a place where we're at peace with him. And he's going to protect us. And he's going to provide for us, like his word says. What an incredible relationship that is. And it has nothing to do with us earning it. It has to do all with his grace. He just gives it to us as a gift. It'd be really weird if you got a gift this Christmas and you felt like in some way you earned it or you kicked in a little money for it, right? A gift is given from the giver at their sacrifice. And you show honor and respect for that and appreciation by welcoming the gift and opening it. And when it comes to God offering his son and coming on a rescue, all you do is you open your heart and your life to him and receive that incredible gift. Then the rescue can happen. We have too many hurts, 
too many regrets, too much heaviness in her heart to not say, Lord, I need help from heaven. I need a relationship with the one who created me. He's not holding my sin against me any longer. All I have to do is give it to him, ask him to forgive it, and he will. That's incredible good news, isn't it? His birth can be your new birth. His life, when he came, the way he did, and the way he lived and healed and taught and went to that cross, and he conquered sin and death and all those fears for us, and he took our sin there for us so that we then could have a healed heart and understand how to live in a way that can please God and have his strength in our lives. Rather than walking in the dark. Remember, he said he came as the light of the world. And if we walk with him, we'll never walk in darkness. It's a new beginning with God. Maybe for some of you today, it's just, it's the first time you've really understood why he came as a savior of the world. He came to rescue you from your sin, rescue you from a broken relationship, rescue you from having fears and actually giving you his great hope that's for all of eternity. Because he said one day he's going to return his second advent, his second return, when he's going to come in great glory and he welcomes all of us that love him. And he punishes those that have never had any interest in God at all. So like the psalmist, there's a great verse, and I would hope this is for everyone here tonight, that at some point you've cried out like this or you cry out to him tonight, and you make room in your heart for Christ and all that he came to rescue you from and then to do in your life. It says this, In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. In your righteousness, his righteousness, his forgiveness, his grace, his holiness, his love, deliver me. I understand I need to be rescued. And come into my heart and my life so I can know you and walk with you and look forward to heaven. And then start building relationships that have the power of God's love from my heart, my healed heart toward other people. That's what God created you to experience with him every day and then for all of eternity. He was born to die. It's a hard reality. He was born to go to that cross from the cradle to the cross. But he had a great purpose and it was all about rescuing you. To get in that capsule, if you will, the capsule of Christ like those miners did that day. And get pulled out of the depths of the earth, the jaws of death, to come back to life and have this new beginning and this new life in Christ. Well, that's what Christmas really is all about. And that's why he's created you to not only hear this tonight, but to take those truths into your heart. To give your sin to God and receive his forgiveness. And have a life that you've always dreamed you could have. You know, you ever watch those Hallmark movies and you wonder why you always want the good ending? You kind of watch them for that purpose. You know they have the good ending. You have this longing in your heart. We're watching them all the time. Like, there's like so many of them now, right? Like almost every night we're watching them. I'm just realizing there's this longing to have things right, to have a good ending. And, and to, oh, it could, if it could really just be like that. Oh, that's not really, that's not real. It doesn't really happen like that. Well, we know in this life it is hard and there is sin and there is darkness. But in the midst of that, Jesus came to change our heart and bring heaven to our heart and to our life and then give us this great hunger for it completely one day when there is no more sin or pain or sickness or death or enemy any longer, where we're completely healed and restored to God. But we have this relationship with him. Our heart can be changed and we can have heaven on earth now as we walk with him. Dealing with hard things, yes, but having his power, 
his presence, his protection, his provision, all those things in our lives. Let's talk to the Lord and let's thank him for why he came on this rescue operation to bring us back and just talk to him from your own heart right now and then we're going to have a couple more songs. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your incredible love. You didn't just create us or this world and just spin the world and leave us alone. You came back to us with great purpose and intent because we got so wayward, so out of relationship, so burdened into so much darkness. You called us back and welcomed us home. Lord, thank you that you take us right where we are. You forgive us and you pour your love into our heart and we want to just ask you for that. If that's you tonight, just reach out to him in your own heart and say, Lord, I'm making room in my heart. In fact, I need a new heart. I need you to forgive my heart and my choices, my sin. Please, Lord, that's why you came to rescue me. I need rescuing. I humble myself before you, God. I need your rescue because now I want your presence and your strength in my life. And I want to walk with you. I want to know what it means to have that joy, that incredible hope, and all those promises that are found in your word. Lord, that's for me too, and I can become a child of yours. Thank you for that great promise. Thank you for tonight, Lord, that we can worship you and ponder these incredible truths and how they can change our life today and next week and for all of eternity. Thank you, Lord, for coming for me. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.